Hello, and welcome to the Live Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Paola Atlason, holistic health consultant and healthy lifestyle designer. During the podcast, I will be in conversation with renowned women in service to their community, sharing personal stories and the self-care rituals that keep us grounded. Let's begin. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Hi friends and welcome to episode 23 of the Live Journal podcast. I wanted to make a few announcements today. This is a new section of the show where I will be sharing some thoughts on how to relieve the Monday scaries. Sunday scaries, Monday scaries. So now that the show will be airing every Sunday regularly, you should be expecting new episodes on Sundays at 9 a.m. And I decided to take on this date and time as our regular schedule because I realized that even though I wasn't aware of it, I was suffering from the Monday scaries and I'm not alone in that sentiment. I know that a lot of you are and I wanted to offer some support and share some hacks for lack of a better word regarding how to prepare for the week. So each week I would be touching upon a different subject and giving you a five minute intro in any subjects or any advice that could help in supporting you to get ready for the week. So today, before we jump into our interview, I wanted to speak a little bit about setting new habits. As you know, I am a big fan of speaking loudly about discipline, but discipline is something, it's a word that is very broad and it can mean a lot of things. And it's definitely something that you don't decide you're going to do one day. Some people are born with a lot of discipline in their bones. Some others are not. And I, to be honest with you, I wasn't a person that as a child, I had a lot of discipline. But in hindsight, I realized that I'm really good at creating traps for myself. Meaning when I decide I want to try something new or do something new, and this is something that now I realize I did even as a child or a young person, is I set a plan. So the way I go about setting a plan is first I decide what it is that I want to do. And let's use an example today, exercise, which is something that I also speak a lot of because as you know, exercise and movement is very important to our mental health, physical health, spiritual health. We'll talk about that another day. But to stay on theme today, let's say I want to start exercising. On and off through my life, I've exercised and not based on different circumstances. But let's say I'm new to it, I wanna try it out, I wanna try a new workout, or I'm shifting the workout that I'm currently doing and I wanna do something new. So the first thing I do is I decide that I'm going to do it. Even though I know it's gonna to be tough, even though I know it's not gonna feel great in the beginning, but you have to make the decision that you want to start something new that's going to, at the, at the end of the day, it's gonna make you feel better. So. Step number one would be to decide that you're going to do it, make a promise to yourself that you're gonna do it because, and then you list all the reasons why you want to do this. So this is the big why. 
you can write this down writing things down is a great exercise for you to be able to distill what's in your mind and edit and refine so if you grab a pen and paper you could do that now you could do that after the show and you decide whatever this new endeavor in my case this example exercise whatever the endeavor is why do you want to do it it's not a reason that has to do with anybody else or anybody on social media or anybody in your life. It has to do with reasons that are inherently tied to you and your self-improvement. So for me, exercise makes me feel more alert. It clears my mind. It helps quiet down the noise in my mind. It helps me rebalance my hormones. It helps me sweat and I love a good sweat. It feels cleansing. It feels revitalizing. It also makes my body feel stronger. It also makes my body look better and it's okay to want to look better and to want your butt to be nicer. <laughs> Beyond that, it also helps me create community. If you are consistent with where you go, in this case, work out, you'll get to meet people, people that are like-minded, people that have the same goals as you. So you start listing all these things out. These are personal examples of mine. And as you list them, you start getting excited about this and you realize that this is what you have to remind yourself of. If you just say, I wanna exercise because I have to exercise or because I should exercise, that's not going to work. You always have to dig for the why. So after you do that homework, the next step would be to put it in your calendar. We are very good at adding other people and other commitments to our calendars, but we don't add ourselves. So if you grab your phone, again, you can do this now or you can do this after the show. You're going to find every day that you're going to commit the time and where it is that you're going to go. So for example, again, talking about exercise, if I know that I have to get my children ready in the morning and they have, it's summertime now, so they're doing sports camp this week, I know that I have to work out either before I get them ready, which means waking up at a certain time, getting ready and going to the place, mapping out what classes they have, doing my workout in time to come back and get them ready. So I'm going to put that in my calendar. So I'm going to put in there that I'm going to work out at six in the morning. If I want to do that Monday through Friday, I will put that in. I will assign a color to my calendar representing myself and mine is red. And that exercise, that workout is going to be there. So no matter what else I have to do, I won't book over that time because that time belongs to me. So then the next step would be committing to the consistency of it. So now you decided what the habit is. The new habit is I'm going to exercise. Now you explored the why you want to do that. Why do I want to exercise? You listed all those, the motivation. Then you got organized and added it to your calendar. You found the time, you blocked it out, nothing else is going to be booked on top of that. And then you have to commit to just being consistent. Even if you show up one day and you only feel like doing five minutes, even though you booked half hour, an hour to do it, just showing up, just being there every day 
creates the consistency that's going to solidify the habit, which in turn is going to create the discipline. Because what happens is when you show up every day, you give yourself time. You say, I'm going to do this for one week, two weeks, three weeks ideal. In 21 days, you can solidify a new habit. You are telling your body, we're doing this. You're going to feel better after this. And one day you'll realize that even though you didn't want to go, you didn't want to show up, you will do it because your body now knows how it's going to feel after. So something that happens to me is I can see my mind trying to talk me out of it. I mean, who wants to wake up at 4.30 in the morning to be able to get ready and go to be at a gym at 6? I don't want to do that. I want to sleep. But even though I'm talking myself out of it, saying, oh, I should sleep more, I should da 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 I, it, something that happens to me is that I just get up and I just go. And the second I step into the place is I've, cre- I've conditioned myself to know that I will feel better. So I hope this helps. This is the first time I'm doing this segment. I would love to hear from you guys. So something I want to add in episodes coming forward is a Q&A at the end. So if you have questions regarding the theme I just discussed today, or if you have any questions regarding nutrition, wellness, health, or any of the multitude of things that I speak of here on the show or on Instagram, please reach out to me. You can email me at paola at paolaatlason.live. You can also reach out through Instagram. And I'm tempted to set up a Twitter for those of you who tweet, so you can tweet me questions. But the more questions you ask, the more... I can expand on any of the subjects you're interested in. So now, without further ado, let's go into our interview. This week, I spoke to the beautiful and amazing and intelligent Kat Lantigua. And she, I met her at the wing and we, at the wing camp actually, and we immediately connected. We're both Dominicans. And as a Dominican in New York, you're usually kind of pigeonholed into one stereotype. And it was something we have in common is we've, I I feel like we've always been, at the same time that we're owning our Dominicanness, we're trying to break through those pre-sets that of how you're expected to be or do or look or what you do and I admire Kat deeply because she is very vocal about her thoughts and her feelings about being a Dominican American she's a storyteller and she's uh, empowers women through she has these amazing gatherings called the goddess council And she just brings people together. She's trying to create community. She is creating community. And I highly encourage you to, if you don't already know her, to follow her. All her information is on the write-up regarding the episode. But I don't want to bore you with my views on Kat. I want you to hear the amazing conversation we had. And just, again, reach out. And I'm here for you. So... Have a great Sunday or Monday, Tuesday, or whenever you hear the show. But hopefully you're hearing it on Sunday and getting ready for the week. And all my love to you guys. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Go for your dreams. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Live Journal podcast. I am Paola Atlason, 
And I'm here today with Catherine Lantigua, or as we lovingly call her, Kat, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> Hi, Kat. Hi. Thank you so um, much for having me. I'm so happy we're finally doing this. I, I know you've been very busy and I've been very busy and we're trying to make it happen, but I'm happy to not only having you on because I really, I admire what you're doing and I really look up to you as a person trying to define this kind of nutty world we're living in and what it means to you. And I can relate to you because you're a Dominican and I'm Dominican. Yeah. <laughs> you're the first Dominican I have on the podcast. So welcome, sister. Yay! Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so I don't want to try and define what you do. I want to give you the space for that. But I know you have your podcast, Chats with Cats. I know you're, you have the Goddess Council, which is an amazing community that you're building. And I know you're really involved with women of color, Latin women of color. But I'm so curious on how a young woman like yourself, in, extremely intelligent, because I've actually interacted with you for several days during the, you know, the wing camp and we had a blast. But how did you end up becoming such a voice for us, I like to include myself in that. And, you know, how, 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 how is this happening? Where, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, first and foremost, honestly, thank you so much for the compliment. And I, I'm honored that you look at me and perceive me to be that kind of woman. Oftentimes, I, I just kind of live in my own insecurities and I don't really think about how others receive me. So that means a lot. Honestly, the way that I've kind of stumbled upon my current version of myself is just a lot of isolation and trial and error. And the way that I mean that is because like growing up, growing up in Miami, which is supposed to be a super diverse city and stuff, I, I definitely still felt isolated because I am, a, you know, I'm Latina, but I'm Afro Latina. And I grew up in a community that often didn't really understand me, even though we spoke the same language. And I grew up in a city that kind of taught women to not be friends and, you know, to compete against each other and to just always try to one-up the person next to them. And it really started to take a toll on me at a very young age. It's just something that I never really accepted. And once I got old enough to do something about it, I was just like, you know, I need to be representative of the kind of community that I wish I would have had when I was younger. And then that molded into me just talking about you know, Afro-Latinx identity and opening up space for that kind of conversation. And then Goddess Council, which is basically, you know, me just trying to bring women together in a way that I didn't have when I was younger in hopes that, you know, we can build community and really start to challenge that hyper competitive nature that oftentimes the patriarchy likes to feed into. Mm -hmm. And I, I just really feel like I've just taken a toll. I've taken a role of like really trying to be the person that I wish I had when I was younger. And it turns out that a lot of, a lot of people want, wanted the same thing in the past and they want it right now. And that's why we've kind of found our, our place together now in the modern day. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love the, the, that, that visual of, of you being somebody you wish you had in your life at, at a young age. And, you know, that's certainly an experience that I, or, or, or a feminine figure I wish I had as well. And, you know, something that brought me to that realization was actually having my own daughter 
and thinking, okay, how, what, what did I need when I was a kid that I didn't get, especially, you know, I can relate to you in terms of our background and culturally a mother, at least how I was brought up was a very different version of a mother that I am. Uh, you know, I, I love my mom. I think she did the best that she could, but definitely the attitude, the attitude of mothering was different from those generations. And I feel it means for our generations. I would love to get your thoughts on that. You know, it's like, I feel the same as you. It's like, I want to be, and even for myself, I'm mothering myself right now with, with you know, yes. when care and care of the self is, in essence, is how I, how I mother myself as an adult, how I, how I treat yeah. that inner child and that little girl that needed more things because she's still part of us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, she's always in there. It's not like, you know, we're still children at the end of the day, deep down inside. We're just like children who have to grow up. And that's not a bad thing. You know, like being, having childlike energy is, is the goal, you know, like that is the most pure version of ourselves. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I often, I don't have kids yet, but I often do think about how much work I'm trying to do now so that I can avoid you know passing on trauma to my kids or you know providing them with the space that I that I I learned to create for myself and then being able to transfer that over to them and and be able to reflect on the things that I knew I needed at a young age so that I know I can avoid you know that in the future for them and it's it's a really interesting thing and like what you're saying is in the past especially within Dominican culture women were really taught to treat their daughters a certain way and everything was very, you know, for the most part rigid and pretty strict and conservative and one way. And, and now we're seeing that a lot of those, those kids who grew up to have their own kids, you know, were traumatized and had a lot of things that they had to work through and a lot of things that they could never really address. And, and they're just like, okay, like, how do I avoid this from passing on to my, to the next generation, which is in the, the position that you're in, which makes me so excited because I know that you are doing the work and, and you're really introspective and you're mindful of that, you know, and that's where it starts. And that's really what I hope to do as well as I get older and approach motherhood. I love that. And, you know, in a way you are already a mother. Like I, I feel like a lot, a lot of people think mother is having a kid but uh, mm-hmm. women and we are mothers, even if you never have a child, you're a mother. And the fact that you build this community, you are mothering a lot of women. You're mothering me, you know, and I I'm, never I'm getting, thought about it like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I feel a lot of people are afraid to speak of motherhood a lot of times in workshops or gatherings because they feel, Oh, I'm, what about if somebody doesn't have a kid or they're not going to relate to my experience? Like that is one version of motherhood that when you literally have a child to take care of, but we mother everybody in our lives. We mother our coworkers, we mother our partners and we mother ourselves. It's just, if we would call it that we would have a more nurturing and compassionate approach to our interactions with everybody else. Wow, that's going to take a moment to process. I've never, ever thought about it that way. And that's actually such a more profound and aligned way of, of viewing it all. Because you're right. At the end of the day, we're all exchanging and teaching and helping each other along life and, and this journey. So, yeah, that's really interesting. 
Yeah, you you're a mother. That light. <laughs> yeah, and you shouldn't be, you know, you should be confident in speaking to mothers and, you know, and women in general, because it's, it's all that same energy that comes from within us. The, regardless of what you identify with, you know, yeah. but I was speaking to a friend recently and I was speaking about my, you know, this experience of, of having a child. I, mean, I have two, but I have a daughter and touching on some of these points. And she said, you know, she started crying and she was like, oh my God, you guys are changing the paradigm because I feel that's what we're doing. And you, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. It was my growing up was was a lot more strict in ways that didn't make sense to me. Like, why can't I yes. say that? Why can't I like that? Why are you talking to me like that? Why are you being kind of mean? You know, I, I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, in, in social media or in YouTube a, a while ago, there were all these parody videos of like the yep. Dominican mom. And yep. I felt like we all could identify with that. It was like, yep, that's exactly like my mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I got lucky because, well, my mom, she's, she was born here, but her mom is Dominican and my mom had me at 17 and we had a very interesting dynamic because my mom, even though she had me very young, kind of always knew that she wanted to raise me differently than her mom did. But, you know, we had our own, we were, as she was evolving into an adult, she was also raising a child. So there were a lot of things that she just inherently knew from her mom that she passed along to me, even though she had hoped that it would be different because it was just the only thing she knew how to do. And that's the only example that she ever knew. And now as we get older and, you know, like we have a different relationship now because I'm an adult and we talk about that and she's always, you know, says how like there were some things that she wished she didn't pass along to me, but because she didn't create that space for herself or even have the, 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 the chance to reflect on how she could be different, it came anyway. And, you know, that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, to your point, we there's so much work we have to do because it's not only a healing of the self, it's a cross-generational, cross-lifetime yeah. type of thing yeah. where when you really start start diving in and digging in, you realize that a lot of these feelings and these guilts and these pressures don't even belong to you. You know, like, yeah. it's like why do I feel this way? Because, you know maybe something didn't happen to me directly, but you know, I, I, I love this theory. It's not a theory. It's a fact that when you're, when you're an embryo in your mom's belly, one of the first things the, the, if you're a female, one of the first things that develop is your eggs. So Mm -hmm. your eggs are in your mom's belly, which means that you were in your grandmother's belly. If that makes sense. Yeah. Your your yeah. egg, you as an egg when your mom as a as an embryo, which is like mind blowing to just know yeah, that crazy. even through inertia, even through just like DNA transfer, we were in our grandma. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild. When I learned that, I was like, oh wow, I I'm never gonna, I can't look at my grandmother the same. Like we're so much closer than I. <laughs> I mean, like I yeah. knew she was my grandma, but it's like you do you know that you actually carried me. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. You know, the, the thought of just of how connected we are, but then there's, there's this rejection that comes from the connection because I mean, I, I'm, uh, tell me if you've had moments when you do something and you're like, Oh shit, my, that was my mom. I just, I just yep. turned to my mom. Like that was yep. something she would have said or something she would have done. And then you're like, Oh no. 
or oh yeah like yeah. sometimes a moment is really joyful but sometimes it's like oh no <laughs> yeah yeah that definitely has happened to me definitely has happened to me and like you said it's not always it's not always like bad things or they could be really joyful beautiful things that that are being translated through us from our from our parents or from our moms and it's it's really really dope that that does happen as well and those are the things yeah, that you know obviously keeping yeah exactly tell me a little bit i'm curious i saw you recently speaking of really trying to figure out what your background is because that's something that has intrigued me my whole life as well it's like you know when you when you say you're dominican you can be anything because mm -hmm. there's such a mixture of cultures and races and even when i was having my kids i remember thinking i don't even know what color they're gonna come out <laughs> Mm -hmm. because yeah it could be anything so have you have you been digging into that what have you found well yeah it's, it's really been something that has always ha sparked my curiosity you know going back to feeling very misunderstood when I was younger and not really knowing how to categorize myself as a child you know everybody could easily just identify with like oh I'm this or I'm that and for me it was never that simple it could never just be that simple because people would would reject whatever I told them and also because I knew that I was a very nuanced person and I knew that my background was very complicated but nobody ever really broke it down for me so as I got older I, I you know I that curiosity always stayed with me and then I did like the 23andMe DNA test and you know it came out exactly what I thought it was it's like I am literally like a combination of all the elements of colonization like I am I'm everything that history told me I was. And it was really interesting to see that come like see that in through like a DNA and, and all of that, because I was able to then be like, Oh, okay. Like this is not just a story. Like this is really what I carry with me. And this is not only the reason why I look the way that I look, but it is why I feel the way that I feel like going back to energetic transfers and like ancestry and all that, like it really got me thinking about, how much of my, my ancestors legacy, their, their energy, their traumas, their everything, you know, lives within me now. And I think that it all lives within us. Like our, our past still lives in our present. And that's why we have to do the work in the present to try to make sure that the future is better, you know? And I, I felt like nobody ever really broke it down. Nobody really tried to identify who it was in the past that, that lived and, and who, who are, who like makes up our lineage. And, you know, the thing about being Dominican and being from the Caribbean is that that's a very hard thing to do because, you know, especially when you grew up poor and like most of your family's poor, they don't really have a lot of documentation. They don't have a lot of things that make it easy to track. And, you know, sometimes you have photos, but like sometimes people were so poor that they couldn't take photos. You'll never really know what they looked like or what their names were, you know? And, Recently, I just kind of decided that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to trying to figure out as much of it as I possibly can, because at the moment, I have all four grandparents alive, which is, you know, rare for many people, but I only know one of them. And that's the, the easiest route for me to take in order to get to know their grandparents and maybe like their parents and their great and my great, great grandparents, because maybe they can just recount through storytelling or just, you know, anything like that. Or maybe they can point me in the direction of where I could find more information. But I just really got to a point as I've gone older and, and I think about having children where I'm just like, 
I, I really need to know this for myself and I need to be able to provide my future children with this information because I know what it feels like to live a life where you don't have answers to like the really important questions of, of who, about who you are and your identity. And I don't want anybody else to have to go through that. And I really hope that this journey inspires people to also embark on their own personal journeys because I suspect that once we have these answers or once we get as close as we possibly can to understand why we are the way that we are, that life will make more sense, you know? Mm-hmm. No, and you've definitely inspired me. And uh, one thing that I want to do now is when I go, even if I don't get to go to the Dominican Republic, even getting them on the phone is have conversations with my, I have my two grandmothers are still alive. My two grandfathers passed away. And mm-hmm. when my paternal grandfather passed, one of the first things I regretted was not getting more, more of his recipes and his, his story and all these things, you know, that, that we take yeah. for granted and that are now gone. Yeah. But when I saw you speaking of this, I was like, you know what? These women have, have these insane stories that nobody really knows because nobody has you know, really sat down with them and asked them, you know, you know what you know, and you know what they shared, but you know, like sometimes, and and they're actually tend to be quite beautiful. Like I feel like in the moments that I have spoken to them about their childhood or uh, their past, it sounds almost like a Gabriel Garcia Marquez story where Mm -hmm. it's like these fantastical, like in this little town on the coast in the South and the, sand was yeah. black and I lived in this huge house and the nor- doorknobs were bigger than my head. Like, this is how they actually mm-hmm. tell me these things. But, you know, in, in knowing your ancestry and in knowing your history, one may be able to repair a lot of the karma yeah. that we've been carrying because, you know, in, 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 in the, and the, and the theory of everything happening at the same time and time space, not really being linear by you finding something out and being good or, or making peace with it, it's almost like all the rest of it can, that weight can lift off, you know, and not pass oh, it like you're saying to our, to our future children. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so intriguing and, and it's so incredible. And there's so much, so much, I mean, because also the version of our history we have is pretty distorted. You know, oh, some Spanish people came and they brought some cows and they lived in this little part. And then some French people came and then they brought some African people. And then the indigenous people were eradicated. And you're like, wait a minute, this is all kind of condensed and not very. Yeah. <laughs> like, what happened? Exactly. Like, what really happened? Exactly. But the crazy part is like all the history that was never written, it lives in you. Yes. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, they didn't tell us about it, but we are the manifestation of it. So it's like, yeah. to, to be a product of something and not know, but literally carry that energy. It's like a very weird, it's like a double life. It's because your energy and your, your body tells you one thing and like points you to certain things, but the, you know, like society and like the people that you would go to, to find out that information don't have it for you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah no and definitely like culturally you know there are traits that that as a, as a society we have and you know there's a certain personality to being Dominican there's a certain mm-hmm. self of awareness or lack of awareness sometimes there's a sense of uh, 
of feeling oppressed, but they're not speaking up. And, you know, we're, we're a combination yeah. of a lot of people that were not very happy or treated very nicely. And then sometimes, yeah. you know, it goes back to that, like, why do I feel awkward in this situation when there's nothing weird for me to feel about? And it's like, oh, okay, African slave, Chinese slaves, mm-hmm. Spanish yeah. people that were kidnapped, indigenous people that were tortured. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, okay. It's so yeah. real. Yeah. It's so real. And you know what's so, like, so interesting? What was that? No, tell me, tell me. I think our connection is choppy. So anybody listening, please bear with us. It, it's fine. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, it, it's really hard to process all of it. And, you know, the fact is, like, we can't get to the very, very root of everything. There's a lot of information that will, will never be uncovered. And that's something that we have to reconcile with. But there is an intention that can be set. And I think that that is worth a lot. A hundred percent. I love that. I love that so much because you also can't get hung up on trying to find everything that you know things are literally like you said not they were just not documented and and we were one of the first to be colonized so this is mm-hmm. th- there are things we're just never gonna know and you know it's it's so interesting because my husband he's from iceland and they're completely the opposite they have traced back to the first person they probably came from because genetically wow. they're so pure and they, even though the names, they change, you know, their last name is the first name of the father with the word son or daughter attached to it. Mm-hmm. They can track themselves back. And if they would take a DNA test, it's, it's so, it's like a, a line they can trace back, except, you know, not, not anymore. I know that when we first started dating in the nineties, I went to Iceland in 1999 and people were looking at me like, who is this person and why is she here and why is she with our guy you know it, it was like mm-hmm. oh we're gonna start diluting stuff now <laughs> but yeah oh people, yeah, people I, I are look really at, interesting people are really interesting i mean things have changed now and there's definitely more of a, a mixture of cultures happening there not not to the same extent as here obviously but his father has always been very interested in tracing back their ancestry and he pulls out these books and they know what farm they came from and which immigrant, you know, the, the person came from Copenhagen and, and married this person, but it is so linear. And I'm like, Oh my God, they're all there. Mm-hmm. That's a luxury. And that's a, you know, it's beautiful, but yeah, that's a privilege that many people will never have, you know? No, no. Tell me a little bit about your work with the Goddess Council because A, the name is Fab because we are <laughs> we're all our goddesses. So what is the work that you're doing through that community you're building? Well, so the way that that, that, that even came to be was, again, through me reflecting how alone I felt. So I, you know, I'd been in New York for probably a little over six months and I really didn't have friends here and I was really contemplating why I moved here and why I would put myself through all of this. And then I sat down at my desk one day and I was like, well, what would it, what would it look like if I had friends? Like what would we do together and and what would we call ourselves? And that's when I just came up with the name goddess council. I was just like, that's where we would be a council of goddesses and we would meet (laughs) up every week in somebody's apartment and we would like sit around and talk and ask each other how we're doing. And like, 
just really be there for each other and help each other process what's going on. And then I was like, well, it's time to start it. And then I just opened up my apartment. I put out something on Instagram. I opened up my apartment and then, you know, I had some strangers come over that were lovely. And then the next one, more people showed up and then it just kept multiplying. And I realized that a lot of women are looking for the space too. It's, it's not just me. I'm not, I'm not alone. And the work that I'm basically trying to do is just bring people offline and into living rooms, into in real life gatherings and, and building community and like giving people the opportunity to actually meet friends, not just acquaintances or people that they can work with, but like real friends that they can go have coffee with and that they could call when they're going through things and, and really start to bridge that because I think that we're, de- we're definitely living in a time where people are becoming increasingly isolated and it's starting to have, you know, psychological impacts. And I think that especially in big cities, you would, you would think that because there are a lot of people, you would have more friends, but it could actually be even more isolating because you don't even know where to start. And there's so much stimulation everywhere that it's actually can be a pretty exhausting. And I, I really just wanted to create an intentional space where everybody attending has the same like dream and everybody has the same intention when they go in there so that we can maximize what is, is being, what is being taken away from it. And right now it's just in New York, but I really hope that this will open up, you know, doors in, in different cities and in different parts of the country where people just really extend an olive branch to their community and say like, I'm here and I want the same thing as you. And I'm opening up my doors to hold space for you. And cause I, I really think that that's what we're all craving, especially now more than ever. No, absolutely. The human connection. And, you know, we, I think we were having a really good conversation before we started recording, speaking about a couple of days, there was what people are calling an Instagram blackout. And I first thought somebody hacked into my account. What am I going to do? I'm going to lose all my stuff and I'm going to lose the people I talk, you know, and then you were, you were saying the same thing. Like what would that do to somebody that that's maybe their only connection to the world? Because a lot of people have built not only their community, but their career. Like what if you're an Instagram influencer? What does that mean? And what if that will go away? What are you? Nothing? No. So you know, it's, it's that idea of now, you know, I love technology. Technology is great. It opens doors, but at the same time that opens those doors, it closes them in a, in an abstract way because you can be in your living room and have access to the world and not even have to change from your pajamas. Mm -hmm. But bringing people in real life together is the next chapter of of the usage of this tool. It's like, okay, now we have gathered all these people and all this data and all this information. So how do we bring it out into human connection and human context again? And, you know, for me, I'm 42 now and a conversation I I'm continuously having with people is, you know, I, I, I'm now I'm into going to little events and gatherings and, you know, we're both members of the wing and I go there and yeah. we randomly start talking to people because I have in in my lifetime so far, I've, I've accrued friends that are good for parts of me, but maybe don't in, are not interested or don't understand other parts of me. So now I'm like, I need to, I need, I need some new friends. 
friends <laughs> because yeah, my kid, my real. teenage friends, and my friends from my twenties that are still around, we have fun doing certain things, but they're not participating with me or for me in some of the new things that I'm doing. So I love what you're saying with you know bringing people that have a, a similar interest or a goal, even if it's a fraction of who they are as a whole person. But it's like, oh yeah, I can have different groups of friends. Yeah, and you shouldn't feel bad about that. And I think that's often what happens. A lot of the people who come to our gatherings are like, first of all, I never knew I could walk into a room full of women and not feel like I was being judged. That's like the biggest deal for me where it's like, I know exactly what that feeling is. And I really try to create a space where you don't even have to think about it. Everybody here just has love in their heart for you. And then also Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, I have friends, but I've outgrown them. And I'm really trying to align myself with people who, you know, are spiritual or who like are really trying to align themselves with their purpose and can have really in-depth conversations about life in a more nuanced, complex way where a lot of people that I grew up with can't. And I love them, but they're not fulfilling a certain part of life that I need uh, that I would like other people to. And we basically just bring all those people together in a room and it's like, here you go. Here are all the people that you really, really want to know. We already Mm -hmm. did the hardest part for you, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's like getting to the the gym. Yeah. No, but it's, you know, it's like if you're going to the gym, the hardest part is getting there. So you're doing the work of actually, okay, I'm setting it up for you. You just have to show up. Exactly. And, and be there. I love that so much. So apart, I mean, th- this is a lot that you do and it's a lot, it takes a lot of, of you to, to do this work. So what are some of the things that you do for yourself apart from having the personal co- connections that you feel really light you up or, you know, are self-care for you? What is self-care for you and what do you do when you are taking care of yourself? Well, I think for me, the most important thing is to really unwind, like take time to, to properly unwind at the end of my day, you know, take a really nice shower, get into comfy clothes, get off of my phone for a bit, drink some tea, like just have a conversation with my partner or like just be alone. I think that decompressing is such an important element of what keeps us sane because if we just keep going and going and going and do not create a moment for us, for us to pause, that's when the anxiety can really start to cripple us and stuff. So for me, that's how I subdue all of my worries and my anxiety is just like gathering myself at the end of the night before I go to sleep and journaling or just like really having intentional time with my partner and also waking up and knowing what it is that I'm going to do. Like I I typically like to write out my to-do list for the next day before I go to sleep because I I don't want to have to think about what it is that I have to do. Like when I wake up, I just have to look at my list and be like, okay, this is it. I don't have to, I don't have to worry. I don't have to plan. I don't have to do anything. I already did the hard work yesterday. Now it's just a fresh day for me to just attack it, you know? And in between that though, there are, there are times when I feel like I'm really burnt out and I'm tired and I've learned to reconcile with that voice and actually listen to that voice. Cause for a while I would know that I was tired, but that list was staring at me. It was like, you're not done. And then I would just really push myself, even though I knew that I was, I was done. Like I was mentally checked out. So at this point, it's like letting my, my mind and my body communicate and, and let them actually be aligned with each other. Like if my body's telling me that it's tired, 
I'm not going to let my mind force it to do something that it's not, that it doesn't want to do anymore and not feeling guilty about that. And I think in New York, especially there's, you know, that hustle mentality that everybody embraces here, which can be a good thing, but also it could be a bad thing when, when you push yourself beyond your, your limits in a way that's really unhealthy. So that's really it for me. I wish I could say I had a routine. I wish I could say like, I do this every day, but honestly, I'm trying to get to that place in my life where I know exactly what I'm going to do at exactly every moment of my day, because I know that for a lot of people that works, but for right now, it's just like Uh, for sure decompressing at the end of the the day. (laughs) That doesn't exist. I don't think anybody that comes to me with a list of what they do every day. And it's like this everyday thing. A, I don't, it doesn't exist. (laughs) <laughs> and B, I think it can be quite boring because it's like Groundhog Day. And, you know, your body changes, your preferences. You do have a routine. You have your unwinding. You have your journaling. You have your to-do list. That is, that is your self-care. That is your routine. And, you know, recently I read this article of this woman who was in finance, I believe. And she had this, published her diary of like, I wake up at this time and I meditate and I do yoga, and I eat this smoothie, and I take these supplements, and then I journal, and then I go to work, and I take my lunch at this time, and I eat it, blah, blah, blah. and then she, I think she wrapped up the, up the day by taking a walk with her fiance, and doing a, a gratefulness, you know, like practice, and, and analyzing how great their life is. I'm like, what? Wow, like, that sounds great. First of all, Can't how? Really <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm like, it's a lie. Who does this? <laughs> yeah, like things are thrown at you every single day. And sometimes you do things that will take a lot more energy out of you than you anticipated. You got to kind of call the day a little early. So yeah, it's great for her. But yeah, I don't really know anybody in real life like that I know no. who can be that consistent. But I'm glad it works It doesn't. It's, it's, it's like, I think she, you know, it's, it's one of those where you're like, you're, by you saying that you're not doing anybody any favors because uh-huh. then, you know, it's like, what am I doing wrong? When I, no, it's, yeah. I love, I love your, you know, and I really believe we go through stages in life. So right now you're really nurturing that inner voice, that side of you, that the inside part of you that knows that by being held and supported at the end of a heavy day or a busy day and having that space to calm down to have good sleep, you respect your sleep and all these things you're doing, it's, it's very internal work. And then there are other times in life where you're like, you know what, I need to move more and I need to do something more physical. And then comes the time you're like, you know what, now I need to look at my spiritual and energetic side. So it's, if I think if everybody would embrace that we're cyclical, I mean, not mm-hmm. only are we hormonally cycled, weather cycled, lunar cycled everything cycled everybody will kind of ease into themselves a little bit more because we have this idea of being so rigid and so defined by this body that we you know occupy and and thinking that the accumulation of experiences in our life are going to lead us to this perfect version of ourselves as opposed to to thinking you know what no i just change every day every few days every few hours i just want to do something different like maybe i'll eat meat now and tomorrow, I don't feel like eating meat or, you know, it's just stepping away from that very regimented and like goal reaching version of ourselves as opposed to embracing the person that we are every single day. 
Yeah, I love that. I really do. Because exactly, we're very, we're very complicated. And, and that could be really beautiful if we allow it to, because I think that the things that pop up for us every day can be a lesson. And oftentimes, we don't even know they're going to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, allowing ourselves to process that and to like, go with it and really take form in a different way based on what life is teaching us is the, the biggest gift that we can give to ourselves. If not, then we are basically ignoring all of the signs and that's no fun. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. So Kat, before we go, how can people find you, the goddess council, the chats with Kat, give me, and I'll, I'll put those also on the, on the blog post or the, the text that accompanies the interview, but how can people find you? Amazing. So you can find my personal Instagram at cat, C-A-T dot Lantigua, L-A-N-T-I-G-U-A. And Goddess Council is also on Instagram and that is goddess.council. And the website is linked on Instagram and my personal blog is also linked on my Instagram. And then my podcast, you can find it anywhere that you stream your favorite shows. And that is just Chats with Cat. I love it. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. I can't wait to see you in person and give you a big hug. And I know it's very overdue. Yeah, girl, you're killing it. Just keep going. You're so inspiring. Right, and and I'm, I'm into you. I'm into all, all of it. <laughs> As are you. You are an absolute gem and I love watching your business grow and, and you develop as an even more beautiful human being. Thank you. So I'll send you so much love and I'll see you soon. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please visit my website, paolaatlason.live. And you can also find us on Instagram at paola.atlason. Sending you so much love and thank you.